So, a couple weeks ago, or maybe exactly a week ago, I don't even know what day it is today, um, I was looking at the local news on the internet, and the local news, you know, that's just news from around the world, and it said <laughs> that John Prine had passed away one year ago, and I said, you know, that name keeps popping up, I think he's worth uh, diving into. So this week on uh, the Black Door Musical Podument, filling our trunk with country legends, I'm Barry. And I am Carrie. Um, so John Prine died on April 7th, 2020 of COVID-19 related uh, side effects or full effects. I don't know. He died because of COVID-19. Yep, and as we're still living with this. I just got my second shot Wednesday, so Thursday was a. No, oh, thank you. Thursday was, was a day ask, off from work. <laughs> yeah, how was Thursday? Well, it, it's kind of difficult to tell. I mean, I know I had a, a fever, but Tuesday mm. night I um, stuck my bike tire on a railroad track and went over my handlebars, and so I might have separated oh. a rib. Oh. So, uh, since Tuesday night about eleven o'clock. I haven't been feeling great, um, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. definitely I was like, well, I have to go. It doesn't matter as long as I can, you know, sit up in a chair while they give me a shot. And then for another half hour, I'll be fine. Right. But the next day, yeah, I was not not in any shape to go anywhere. So, but it's better now. So well, cool. my, my arms even healed up. That was kind of felt like it was swollen, but. I mean, mm. it didn't look swollen, but you know, have you had your second shot? I have. I figured because you have a more public facing career, but I do. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, we're living through this COVID thing and mm -hmm. I just noticing like a lot of TV shows that I've been watching are really like doing more masks and stuff like, mm -hmm. Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if anybody watches that still. Uh, I I do. I don't know why, because all the good people you died off. Are watching Grey's Anatomy? Yeah. Why? Okay. I what's know, wrong with I just if you would have I would have never pegged you as a Grey's Anatomy guy. You you're like know. Barry. He just watches the World War Two channel. Uh, uh, yeah, on, pretty much. Uh, and and uh, you know discusses Rommel's follies in North Africa. No, yeah. I I watch I watch real things. Fair enough. Um, I watched like the first two or three seasons of Grey's Anatomy. And yeah. I was done. See, I have this problem of being a completionist, so I'm not mm. even really actually enjoying the ride. I'm right. kind of waiting for it to be canceled. So. Yeah. Fair enough. And um, anyway, but <laughs> all the shows you know that are on that my wife deems need to be watched by us are like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of addressing... COVID and stuff. I know we're, we just watched the last episode of Shameless and, you know, they're wearing mm. uh, masks or portraying the real way people wear masks. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I, I was like, you know what? Maybe we should look at John Prine. And of course, you know, John Prine had a huge career. He was recording in the 70s all the way up to. I think uh, 2018, his last al full album was out. 
and a lot of his a lot of his songs have been covered you know mainly i think he's known as a as a songwriter he obviously records his own music but i think uh you know he's written for all kinds of you know all kinds of people have uh, recorded his his uh music you know one of his biggest fans uh when he was coming up was chris christopherson who who kind of uh found him and he put him on stage and right after he played one show for chris christopherson a producer signed him to record uh, the 1971 john prime self-titled album and uh there's some good songs from this uh this album (laughs) but it's there's a lot of darkness in this album too. Um, and when I looked at this album, cause I was like, well, what do we do? Oh, well, let's go back to the beginning. That's what we seem to do. And then I was like, Oh, there's two songs I knew off this album. Mm -hmm. And, and after listening to it, I was like, this is just such a great folk country album. I can't believe I hadn't heard this album in its entirety before. What did Mm -hmm. you feel about it? Um, yeah, so I, so I um, I hadn't really like heard too much about him, or like I I don't know, he was never really in my radar. So like mm-hmm. this was like I've never listened to this album before, um, and it was kind of like like one of those you know I'll listen to the album and then we'll record an episode about it. Um, and so I had like no expectations going into it, and then I looked it up on um Apple Music. They give you like little like. Yep. things about the album or whatever so i just so i was listening to it or as i read that and the first part says looking back it's funny that john prine was considered one of america's next dylans yeah and then it says rootsy guy with an acoustic guitar yeah but beyond that the comparison doesn't hold um if anything prine's 1971 debut offered a kind of rebuttal to dylan's poetic opinion opacity a set of songs whose philosophies were as immediate as bumper stickers and juggled subjects of existential heft with conversational wit um and then it like goes on from there so i was like okay that's interesting so i played it and i was um sitting with uh with dj um and it started and i was like oh okay this is why they're calling him like a dylan because like the voice and the acoustic guitar and whatever but it got like further into just even a legal smile and like both of us were like laughing. And then um, there's a couple of them where like the first line, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> and or like they're just kind of silly. And then um, or yeah, like they I don't know, like you're like he, he wrote a song starting with this phrase. All right. And then some mm-hmm. of them got real dark. And I was like, oh, OK, like is it Sam Stone where he's talking about the, the dude that came back from war and like is yes. suddenly a heroin addict? Yeah. yeah. So I was like ex- assuming that that was going to be like a fun story about this man. And I was like, Oh, this is yeah. not what I was expecting. So like, and then you have that juxtaposed with your flag decal won't get you into heaven. Yeah. Which is a concept. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, let me, like, let oh, me just okay. say in 2009, Mm-hmm. And this is straight from Dr. Wikipedia. So Bob Dylan told Huffington Post that Prime Prine was one of his favorite writers, stating that Prine stuff is pure Proustian existentialism 
Midwestern mind trips to the nth degree, and he writes beautiful songs. I remember when Chris Christopherson first brought him to the scene, all that stuff about Sam Stone, the silver soldier, junkie daddy, and Donald and Lydia, where people make love from 10 miles away. Nobody but Prine could write like that. There you go. So, like, your Apple... For the man himself. Your, your Apple uh, critic can go sit and spin, because <laughs> Dylan himself... And I, I read, I can't remember where, probably Wikipedia somewhere, but uh, Dylan himself uh, was played uncredited at a couple of his shows. Oh. So he was in the background with like a hat pulled down. But That seems like a very Dylan thing to do. Yeah. So Dil- this is someone Dylan jumped on board with. And I got to say, like, you know, sometimes, you know, the thing with Dylan is, I read his words and I'm like, this is beautiful. I can see why he won, you know, a Nobel writing award. And then I listen to his songs and I'm like, ugh. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I listening to John Prine, he does have a very like raffy thing about him where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is like a children's song. Right. Um, because like illegal smile starts out just silly as all get out. He's like, I, yeah. I had a staring contest with a bowl and oat, a bowl of oatmeal and and it won or I lost. I forget how it goes, but, uh, but basically it's it's a thing about hey I'm having a bad day so I'm gonna go get myself an illegal smile meaning smoke some pot, mm-hmm. and uh and tell the tell the man that I didn't kill anybody. I'm just having a good time, right. so. Kind of fun, then kind of uh, uh, s- kind of some lost love in Spanish pipe dream, and mm-hmm. then um, track three is hello in there, where where he's basically talking about the frailties of getting old, which you know funny because right now we're you're kind of doing a perspective on his life, so you can see you know his his young you know thin fit self guy you know sitting with a guitar and a mustache and you know back in the seventies and you know, all seemingly all through his life was a pretty fit guy. And then, you know, last couple of years, just, you know, old guys settle down. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, he's almost describing, you know, <laughs> you know, looking at himself from when he was 24 and, and some of it is a little, um, cause like, I, I thought that was a little, uh, hello in there was a little, I don't know, not quite as sensitive as you might say, because it's like you next time you see an old person, say hello in there. It's like um, yeah. they're they're not like in a cave. They're there right. on the street. You don't have to say hello in there. It's it's their body, right. you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, he, I don't think he was meaning it that way, but it's just kind of like, yeah, old people are people, too. So, you know, it's not right. like you're petting a puppy. There was something like slight like I know this wasn't his intention. Like, I know he was. I'm I'm oh, I shouldn't say I know I assume he was meaning it like very genuinely and very right. much like hey you know like say hello to the elders like we need to pay attention mm-hmm. to them but it did come off like slightly condescending of like yeah. when you see an old person say hello you know yeah. like I was like um <laughs> but it's kind and, of yeah. like this theme throughout the record where like um he he's got this theme of like oh people just live day to day and lose track of of taking time to you know be people with each other where they're like mm-hmm. uh i remember in um 
I think Angel from Montgomery, uh, which is a heavily covered song. I think there's mm-hmm. a line. I don't understand how you can go to work for a full day and come home with nothing to say. And, you know, there's, um, uh, where is it? Oh, Donald and Lydia, uh, they made love all over, but they're making love from 10 miles away. And like, you know, like they were there in the physical act, but not with each other. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about other things. And, and it's kind of the whole thing is, you know, it, it's like he was looking at the world thinking that everybody's not paying close enough attention to everyday life and uh and letting it drip by yeah yeah listening to donald and lydia i was like "Hmm, i don't know if you could have this song today (laughs) (laughs) just even okay like just even the first two like stanzas or whatever you want to call them I'm, i'm not remembering it what 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 is donald and lydia again uh, so here, here's what got me. Okay. <clears throat> Small town, bright lights, Saturday night, pinballs yep. and pool halls flashing their lights, making yep. change behind the counter in a petty arcade, set the f- sat the fat girl daughter of Virginia and Ray. <laughs> Lydia hid her thoughts like a cat behind her small eyes sunk deep in her fat. Oh, <laughs> she wow, read I- romance magazines up in her room and felt just like Sunday on Saturday afternoon. And I was like, uh, um. <laughs> yeah you're right you know what i just like i, I didn't even really i mean i yeah i yeah and, like okay. i get like i liked the like there's something poignant about like like the whole you know like the yeah like making love from 10 miles away like when you're yeah. not really with someone but with that beginning i was like yeah um <laughs> Let's not yep. body shame. This feels like not fun. <laughs> yep. Anyway, just some, you know, seventies well, lyrics. A young, have some, a young have soldier has to find love somewhere, and I guess it's in a, a fat little girl. Apparently, <laughs> sounds really bad. It really does. Um, wow. I, you know what? I totally glossed right over. Like I, I mean, I remember like the phrase she read romance magazines in a room and uh and felt just like sunday on a saturday afternoon and mm-hmm. i was like oh that's that's real that's a really good line and how did i not like hear sat the fat girl daughter of virginia and right? right it was one of those moments where like i don't know if you um the beginning <laughs> of the movie old school where the band is like this wedding band is playing and they're sneaking in like I think it's just a bunch of F-bombs into these songs. Oh, yeah. And it's one of my favorite scenes because, like, Will Ferrell and his, like, movie wife are dancing. And they're, like, they both kind of cock their heads like, did that, did they just sing that? And they're like, no, they couldn't have. And that was, like, the exact, like, I I heard that line. I was like, did he just say? They're like, no, there's no way. And then, like, I pulled up lyrics. I was like, oh, no, okay. (laughs) And just the, like behind her small eyes sunk deep in her fat i was just like john yeah (laughs) what are three other things about her that maybe we could write about well she was a loner she had eyes and she was fat (laughs) um so anyway 
probably the most notable song on this album is Sam Stone. And mm-hmm. you kind of introduced it earlier how it's about a war veteran who came home. Uh, and the and it doesn't specifically say it. Now, uh, John Prine was in the Army. He was drafted and he served during the Vietnam era, but he was in Germany. So he didn't serve in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But I got to imagine since I believe Vietnam was kind of the you know halfway point for aircraft coming to and from. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Sam Stone came home to his wife and family and like just the way he sings that it sounds like there again it's going to be a raffy song or something mm-hmm. and uh after serving in the conflict overseas so he doesn't say which war it is but everybody right. reads in vietnam yeah, and uh, it had shattered his nerves and left a little shrapnel in his knee and mm-hmm. uh and then it gets into the morphine and how he came home with a purple heart and a monkey on his back and mm-hmm. then the most famous line, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes and yeah. Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a real gripping couple lines there. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he mentions um, Jesus and religion in this album, other places and in a lot of other albums. And I think sometimes uh, making fun uh, or 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 sniping at the religious people for you know maybe not practicing what they preach, mm-hmm. uh, or I wanted to get your take on 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 those couple of lines and what you thought that he was saying with those. Um, the Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think um, I don't know. Like, I I was curious about that. Um. First of all, I thought it was interesting, so I I, I googled on the Wikipedia, um, uh-huh. and apparently uh, Johnny Cash covered it, mm-hmm. but changed it to um, he didn't he changed it to Daddy must have hurt a lot back then, I suppose, which oh. I thought was interesting, or Daddy must have suffered a lot back then, which I suppose, which I'm I suppose, which I'm curious, like if Johnny Cash was like I don't want to get into the religion, or if he didn't like that line or something i'm yeah i'm guessing it's more marketable but you still get the point because you know it's kind of like well i you know it's a it was a different time so back then you know he had a wife and he had kids and he had a job the the song describes all that but at Mm -hmm. the same time you know he's spending all his money on heroin Mm -hmm. and um so whether his wife had a job or not, it probably would have been a low-paying, unskilled job. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, well, he's a war hero, and he works down at the mill or wherever, so everybody knows he's got a job, so he's not like a charity case. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, without, without the uh, kindness of people's hearts, the goodness of Jesus Christ dies, I, you know? And so, you know, he's like a, a lot... I think he's taking a, a look from the the wife and the and the kids point of view saying that you know uh, you, you know Jesus dying didn't do anything for me all those religious people are sitting on the sidelines feeling sorry for us but they're not doing anything. Yeah, I th- yeah, I I like that inter well I don't I mean I don't like it but yeah like I <laughs> <laughs> I get that interpretation and I think that makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. Um I, I also mean, think too like oh go ahead. 
Oh, I was just saying those those two lines really stuck out to me. I was just just wanted to get your take on them as well. So yeah, I wasn't no, trying they... to like put you on the spot with them, but no, all good. Yeah, they are the ones that um that got me too. Because like as you said, when it first started, like Sam Stone Sam Stone came home to his wife and family. I was like, ooh, like it's gonna be like a fun nursery story yeah. about like I don't know. Yeah, like, and there's gonna be whales gardening. and, and wa- watermelons. Exactly. And then there wasn't at all. Um, <laughs> it was morphine. And then <laughs> it was morphine and shrapnel. Um, but yeah, I, so that, and those lines really stuck out to me too. And I was thinking like I was pondering on them for just a little bit. And, um, I definitely think it is from the point of view of the kid or the wife. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he, it says daddy's arm. So like, you know, yeah. I don't know a lot of men that talk about themselves in the third person by saying the name daddy but we're not gonna go into that um but i was thinking like i just there's the popular kind of cultural take i guess is that like jesus saves or whatever you know like yeah so like jesus died and like now everything is fine or like now everything is good or like Mm -hmm. you know once you accept jesus into your heart like You'll have a hot wife and a well-paying I, job, I lo- and ev- all the badness will go away. <laughs> I love how you said that with your hand. Like. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, I wish I had a screen grab of that. I'm kind of glad you don't. Um, <laughs> although it would be the cover of my next album. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I think like that's kind of... Carrie's the, first the... album, Once You Accept Jesus Into Your Heart, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that would be amazing um but yeah so i think like that's kind of the popular idea is that like since jesus died everything should be fine and so it's like okay well he died and my dad is addicted to heroin and nothing is really that great yeah and so yeah and we've this, got there's nothing like it didn't do anything yeah we're, you know? we're wearing clothes that don't fit right running around with no toys and yeah it's right. like the whole thing is you know like I said, you know, it, it it's great to preach uh, goodness of, of whatever religious you religion you want, but at the same time, if you don't back that up with uh, with action, it's essentially meaningless. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think too. Well, that's a whole other discussion for another time. Yeah. But I think too the um, that line and like it just cr- it just creates the atmosphere of how bleak their life is like how bleak their outlook is on things like the fact like well i guess jesus didn't like died for nothing i think it's a nice line because it's it evokes such like strong like imagery right well the other thing uh the other line that popped out is uh there there's nothing left to be done but trade his house that he bought on the gi bill for a flag draped casket on the local hero's hill so kind of Mm -hmm. also that you know, he came home and he was this hero to, you know, the people at the VFW or whatever. But at the same time, you know, no one was backing up their promise to take care of, uh, you know, the veterans. No one was taking, you know, no one was looking after them. You know, he came home with uh, shattered nerves and shrapnel. They gave mm-hmm. him some morphine for a while, got him hooked on opioids and then cut him off and yeah. then he was done. And now yeah. it's his problem. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he didn't want it. He didn't ask for it. And, but they're like, here you go. Okay. Back to work. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, I, I've never served in a war, um, but, you know, it's about the biggest sacrifice you can make to, to join the military and for, for the country not to, you know, support you for what you need, both mentally and physically, uh, when you get back is one of the worst things, you know, this country's ever done. So mm-hmm. that's one of the, I think, uh, a good point to the song. So I, at least yeah. I, that's what I think the point of the song is. Well, and I think too, like the, the, uh, the line of sweet songs never last too long on broken radios. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me and maybe I'm overanalyzing things, but it just seems to me like, um, like it's a commentary on the system, you yeah. know, like the, the radio is broken, <laughs> right? So you're not going to hear the song the way it should be played. And I just feel like, yeah, like if the, you know, if, if the country you serve isn't taking care of you, that's a broken system. And like, well, yeah. we have lots of systems that are broken or well, and I know, you know, set up in, in from it, time to time, including now, probably I'm, I'm sorry, where did I cut you off? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, you know, the VA system has not been working and it was noted, you know, after the Vietnam war that it wasn't working at recently, it was noted that it wasn't working. And so, you know, you can't build a gleaming hospital and not support the staff and not support the, you know, you can't, you can't Mm -hmm. just go, Oh, well, we built you a hospital. There you go. It's like a pile of bricks does not cure, you know, mental illness. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, so, and that's, yeah. like I said, you know, it to, to take people, force them into the military, force them into a war, they come home and then not support them in any of their, their problems afterwards is, mm-hmm. was a, I think a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. And I, I know I'm probably alone on that. So. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a pretty unpopular opinion. I'm pretty sure everyone so, is like, whatever, Barry. <laughs> Okay, uh, Paradise. That was highly sarcastic, if you couldn't tell. Yes. Paradise um, was based on his childhood trips back to where his parents grew up in... Um, where do I have it? Oh, I can't... Mullen, Mullenberg County in, I think it's Kentucky. And yep. I, I did some digging and found the maps and it's interesting because he's talking about these hills and rivers that he would, the green river that they'd go visit and walk down around. But, um, you know, he asked his dad, Hey, can we go back? And his dad said, sorry, the, the, uh, Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it all away. And you can actually go look at the maps and see that all the mountains tops have been removed and Hmm. big gaping scars from old coal mines exist now. So it's kind of the, uh, like, northwest of bowling green uh mm-hmm. so it's i mean you can you can find it he references all kinds of landmarks in the song but uh you know mullenberg county green river it's right there it's right in coal coal country and you know that's it's one of those other things i've always kind of touted myself as a conservative and it's one of the things that's always you know made me wonder why some conservatives don't consider conservation part of uh (laughs) part of the thing they need to worry about because that's kind of a big thing for me i i live in a house surrounded by trees and that's that's where i want to live i want to live in a forest and uh, i just hate seeing nature squandered Mm -hmm. um 
and I understand, you know, it's not a, it's not a dream world. We're not going to, you know, you're going to have all kinds of man-made scars on the land. And, uh, but we have to, we have to do it in a, you know, a way that is not destroying the earth. And, uh, you know, these coal mining operations have, you know, destroyed the earth, destroyed people's lives, poisoned waters. Uh, anyway, I'm sounding like a real reactionary right now. What do you got to say about paradise? <laughs> um, nothing as interesting as that, I guess. Um, yeah, I listened I to know. one John Prine album, and now I'm a I'm a I, I'm a lefty. I tell you, I was gonna say Jeepers, like go to the next Woodstock and start. I don't know. Start. Well, I'm start. I'm starting by burning clothing. my draft card and my bra. So there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, probably the funnest, funnest song on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, I, Just... it's great. It's yep. fantastic. And uh, I, I like the way it starts, you know, reading, basically reading the Reader's Digest in a dirty bookstore. Digesting the Reader's Digest. Oh, yeah. Which I the... loved. Yeah. Yep. See, your Apple Music critic was just a pain in the butt. His his I writing know. is spot on. See, there you go. Was it DJ? Did does he do the critics critics? For... <laughs> I don't think he does. Although I was listening to this in DJ's presence, and he was, <laughs> and he was like, "What? What?" Like after the first like verse, and then into the chorus, he was like, "Where did that come from?" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "That was a." weird transition and i was like yeah i don't i think it's supposed to be like i don't think like yeah <laughs> yeah well and you he know was like well get another verse in there and i was like you write your own song <laughs> yeah sir. oh he, yeah he's <laughs> gonna tell you how to write a song i mean <laughs> but it's all about how uh you know you can put a, a flag decal on your car and i read about mm-hmm. this too basically the reader's digest did put out all these flag decals in in their magazines and so people would put them on their front doors or their car windshields or wherever and you know at the time there was the big kind of hippie culture backlash against vietnam which was still going on at the time so uh you know there was this big flag waving crowd and there was a big anti-flag waving crowd and uh you know i in my mind the american flags never represented the the uh senators and the house representatives or the president it's always it's always to me felt more represented of the you know the people who serve and and the people Mm -hmm. who try to hold up the high ideals uh Mm -hmm. i know that that's you know not always a a popular opinion or a shared opinion and you know that one i know is true but uh (laughs) you know i think uh the american flag is to some people, including me, stands for some ideals that we're striving for. And if it's if it's it's not always meant, but to people, you know, hold it up as like a I have my decal, I'm better than you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's Starbelly Sneetch's stuff. Right. It made me think of too, which um might not be what he was going for, but it made me think of like um kind of the like armchair activism stuff like Mm -hmm. i have a decal on my car so i am patriotic or like 
I have this on my car, so I'm this person. Or, like, I bought this T-shirt or whatever. And, like, it's fine to start there with whatever you're trying to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, at some point, you got to actually do something. Like, Like, the not i don't know like the whole flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore like it, right. for me it just felt like you gotta actually do something like um yeah like you have to actually well, stand for something or do some of the work that's probably not what he w- i don't know but like that's how i kind of took it or in this day and age of like you can't just buy a sticker and be like hey i'm doing things exactly you yeah. know and the thing is i've i've been talking with people about these things because a lot of times i've had these problems with like you know thinking about things that i did in the past or whatever that i still feel bad about and and um you know there people have been telling me it's like look sitting by yourself feeling bad doesn't help anybody mm-hmm. so there's no there's no good that comes of it so you can't just like sit there and go like oh well if i don't feel bad about this thing that i did I, you know, I'm a bad person because it's not doing anything good for the person who you did something against. So Mm -hmm. either do something good for that person or move on because either way it doesn't matter. And it's the same thing with these, you know, flag decals or any kind of symbol like that. Um, And, uh, you know, the buying all these American flags made in China, which I think they're going to be made. Are they made in America now again? I forget. I I think that was something Donald Trump tried to get done but uh uh, yeah yeah. i just thought uh let's see i the 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 song is just written uh so beautifully especially the uh just but your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore they're already overcrowded from your dirty little war. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus don't like killing no matter what the reason's for, and your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. And it's just, you know, it's it's a fun little thing to sing along to. And it and it's really, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, okay. And he's pointing out that, you know, like we referenced it before, but he's pointing out Jesus again. And he's like, look, you know, that's invading countries is not what jesus taught so if you you know there's no justifying it right so yeah yeah. um yeah i think so as i was listening to the album i was like when it started i was like oh so this is something to listen to like when you're in like a fun mood or whatever (laughs) and then in case you you want to get sad right and i was like oh the lyrics baby won't be good for if you're in like a fun mood Mm. um but i think that's also kind of the the like i guess power of the album i want to say or like something like that is that it's like here's a cute little melody that's like could be on sesame street yeah but listen to the lyrics and like (laughs) hear the message and you might get a different right oh yeah well it's also like the the song pretty good um which we kind of skipped over but it's Mm -hmm. like it's going through and then I, I can't remember. There's a girl who goes down into the woods and gets raped. And it's like, yeah. wow, that took a left yeah. turn. Cause it was yeah. kind of like the song's kind of like, Oh, pretty good. Not bad. Um, and everything's complain. going long. Yeah. I can't complain. Even yeah. though he's like describing how somebody's doing after work, how uh, a hooker asking him how the time was together. Um, right. <laughs> and, uh, 
and then uh, a girl got raped by some men in the woods, and it's like, yeah, wow, we really took a turn, took a turn hard. Yeah. And yeah, the the she was doing good till she went into the woods, right. so she can't you know she can't complain all the dogs are the same which should be like a like yeah i feel like that's a feminist war cry right there because i think that's a lot how a lot of women are treated after something like that happens like we're Mm -hmm. not gonna believe your story and you are fine now um right but yeah like you went into those woods well anybody who goes into those woods knows what's happening knows what's gonna happen right what were you wearing (laughs) you're you went into woods. Come on, that's that's right. clearly a sign you wanted exactly. it. Exactly. So right. Uh, no. Yeah. It, yeah. But. So uh, yeah, like I think like that left turn, like I don't know. There, like definitely, I would. <laughs> yeah. I would you know, it's funny. <sighs> we never quite get used to it, or like <laughs> you're like every song. You're like, oh, here's another. Here's a song. Right. This one's gonna be happy. Yeah. Wait, it turned again. It's- Right. This one will be fun. And then like immediately, it's like, well, not immediately. A few lines in, you're like, oh, okay. Nope. We're still, okay. We're still getting real. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting a little long here. So I, I want to kind of wrap tooth. it up because we're trying to, I said, let's get this done in like half an hour. And who knows how much Carson's taking out, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, another fun song is the six o'clock news. Where mm-hmm. uh son finds out that his sister is his mom and his dad is his dad, mm-hmm. and then he commits suicide. Mm-hmm. So an up upbeat song there. We already talked about uh, Donald and Lydia, Angel from Montgomery. Uh, there again, a lot of these songs are talking about just dealing with weird, troubling situations or just everyday life that is kind of bringing you down. But yep. I'd say, uh, based on my listening to this really heavily for the last few weeks, um, I believe that he's, you know, and I've, I've listened to some other stuff that he's done, but there's some really good songs on this album and for being his first album right off the, you know, basically, you know, someone noticed him, uh, Chris Christopherson noticed him, got him in a show, he got signed and he recorded and he was, you know, they, his songs were good. And I mean, excuse me, they're, they're a little rough. I, I was reading some notes from some, uh, the people who were in the band saying, yeah, we kind of wanted some groove and some rhythm. And it, he's like, he had written all his songs in the same key. We're like, what kind of album is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody quoted, was like, this is going to be like milking a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you know they they got him with some professional musicians and uh, you know recorded, but I think mm-hmm. you know his songwriting stands stands for itself. And um, man, some of his more recent stuff and stuff from the the years uh, is is great. And I I actually want to look out for some of these uh, covers like Angel from Montgomery, which is on this album. Uh, and I want some- Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors to cover Angel from Montgomery. If you know who they are. If not, don't worry about it. I don't. Okay. Um, moving on. No, that's fine. <laughs> it sounds like it like it started. I think that was the one that started and I was like, this sounds like Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe maybe they have. Maybe. I'll just But I'll like look it up. Carly Simon, Bonnie Raitt, mm-hmm. Joan Baez, Bette Midler. 
uh, let's see. Oh, David Allen Coe. He co-wrote um, uh, You Never Even Call Me By My Name. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'd recommend this album and probably pretty much anything else you want to check out by John Prine. I'll probably be checking out some more stuff. Uh, sad to lose such a talent. He was 73, so, you know, he wasn't a spring chicken, but he still had some good years. I believe he was still touring till you know, uh, COVID shut everything down. So, um, mm-hmm. he had, uh, some bouts with cancer too. So it's not like he had a complete clean bill of health, but you know, when, when, uh, when something like COVID comes along and, and takes your legs out from underneath you, when you're, otherwise you're trying to be safe, you just too bad. So, mm-hmm. um, Go explore some John Prine if you haven't, and if you're a lifelong John Prine fan, I'm just singing to the choir. Carrie, what do you think about the album? Yeah, I think it's a good album. I think, um, yeah, check it out sometime. Give it a listen, and uh, just see for yourself. Awesome. I recommend. Well, for the Black Door musical podument, A Trunk Full of Country, I've been Barry. And I've been Carrie. Bye. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me. And always remember to clear your browser history. But most of all. Especially important. Super crucial. The ultimate. Baby, Baby, it's it's cold cold outside. outside.